What is good, all of our listeners? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. I'm Liz. And I'm a whole year older. Yay! I'm a big boy now. I'm 28 years old. I don't feel old at all. It's the countdown to uh, 30. 3, 2, 1, old. I'm so overdramatic. I know. Sorry to our listeners who are over the age of 30. Uh, I feel bad for you, but I'm still in my young years. 28. I'm Adam, young and spry. You thought you were old when you turned 25. I know. That's that's the thing. Like, I don't understand. Like, I just, and I told you this yesterday, mm-hmm. I just don't think of aging. Like, I'm just like, eh, yeah, whatever. I'm just a year older. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't feel 28 if that makes any sense like it's not like oh no i don't feel 28 it's just that like i don't really feel like when i was a kid and i heard like oh you're 28 like whoa, whoa you're a whole adult but now i'm <laughs> 28 and i'm just like eh, you know it's a good life uh Yesterday, we're, we're celebrating my birthday today on Monday because Sunday, as a youth pastor, haha, you ain't gonna celebrate nothing on Sundays. No. So, uh, but yesterday, really good birthday present from the Eagles. They got yes. me the win. He's wearing his Super Bowl hoodie today. I am. My birds, moving on up. We're gonna be facing the Saints next Sunday, uh, which is gonna be it's a good time because I'm coming back from winter retreat. So he'll actually be able to watch the whole game. Yeah. Well, not the whole game. Well, you'll get there, like, right at the beginning. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming back around 4.30 on Sunday, and it's it starts like at 4.30. It's kind of like swapping it. Usually we catch the beginning of the game, and yeah. this time we catch the end of the game. So it's going to be good. We're going to be facing the Saints, which is going to be a good game. Uh, but I'm really happy for my Eagles. And I'm I'm sorry, Cody Parkey, but you're still an Eagles fan. That's why you missed your field goal. So, <laughs> But thank you, Eagles. Thank you for that awesome birthday present. And Liz... How are you doing? I'm good. It's yeah? a little cold. It is a little cold. We were going to go, because we're celebrating our, my birthday today, like celebrating. Yeah. And we were going to go out for a skate session, but it's too cold, and I didn't want to. Yeah. Neither did Liz. I felt bad, because I was like, oh, you know, Adam doesn't really do much for his birthday. I'm like, and we don't skate when it's cold out. Like, we stopped skating back in, like, October, November. Around November, like yeah, mid-November. because it was getting too cold out to be skating in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, he loves skating. Yeah. I'm like, why not? I'm like, I'm going to ask him. I'm like, I'll freeze for him. I'm like, we'll mm-hmm. go skating. But it was, like, really cold this morning. Yeah, the, the temperature felt like, like, the wind chill was 16 degrees. I was yeah. like, uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm okay. But we're going to your favorite pizza place tonight. So. We are. I'm, I'm very excited. It's not Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it's not. I uh, looked at their menu. I'm not sure what I'm going to eat. Yeah, with your dairy-free. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not dairy-free. Dairy that's not... That, that that's the sound polite like a ch- way. No, that makes it sound like it's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> it is not a choice. Yeah. Lactose intolerant. I am lactose intolerant. If I eat anything, I will feel like I want... I will feel like dying. Lactose intolerant sounds like... Like a nerdy thing, but I'm very free. Sounds like you're from, like, Portland. It sounds yeah, like that's what I mean. Like it sounds like it's a choice when you say yeah. it's when I'm dairy free. I'm no, dairy free. I am lactose intolerant. If I have cheese, I will feel like death. Mm-hmm. I remember one time you got sick, and you're like, "Is this what lactose intolerance feels?" And then I asked asked you like all these questions, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yep, welcome to my life. Have fun." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so quick shout outs before we get started with this week's episode. Uh, this week's episode, by the way, we're going to be talking about are exclusives important for gaming? And we're going to be talking about that in the uh, upcoming announcements that we're going to be making in the number three gaming news today. So are exclusives good for gaming, right? But before we do that, let's do some quick shout outs. Speaking of birthdays, today is Absolute Prodigy's birthday. Woo! Woo! Confetti flying everywhere. Absolute Prodigy, we shout him out every single week. Uh, he's a Twitch streamer. He's now Twitch affiliate. Uh, he's going through the whole Kingdom Hearts series. He's definitely not like beating all of them before Kingdom Hearts three comes out. But <laughs> he, he's uh, he's getting up there in the in the Twitch world. We want to give him some love. So it's his birthday today. Go wish him a happy birthday. 
And wish him a belated birthday on his Twitch stream tomorrow, yeah. Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, that's funny because last year we celebrated his birthday a day early. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The, last year we had a whole big like friend's birthday yeah, party. Yeah. We had you, him, and our other friend. And I mm-hmm. made a cake for all of you. That was a really good cake. That was it really was. like chocolatey. And we had wonderful. pizza too, didn't we? Yes. That yeah. Was, we had we pizza, went to pizza cake. And oh. We had pizza, cake. And then we went to that one pizza place that gives us the free Italian donuts. Mm-hmm. So we had those and garlic knots. We had a lot of food. And whiskey. And wi- yes. That's we destroyed we our bodies yes. on our birthday. Yes. But that cake was so good and chocolate. It was a new recipe and it was just so good. Yeah. It's the one that had the black coffee in it. And the last shout out I'll make it today is uh, if, you, if you really like our podcast, uh, Married Couple Talking About Gaming, you should really, really check out. It's called Co-op the Podcast. They're, they're a brand new podcast. Uh, they have a website, coopthepodcast.com. They're now on Radio Public. They're really funny. Like, it's a married couple. And what makes them better than us in some fashions, what makes it better is that, like, they also talk about anime. They talk about tabletop gaming. So they talk about video games. They're also casual like us. But they, they talk about more topics, yeah. right? So if you enjoy anime, Dungeons & Dragons, please go check out our friends at Co-op the Podcast. Um, it sounds like they're really in it to win it. So, yeah, go give them a listen. Really awesome podcast. Uh, they have new episodes every Tuesday. So listen to episode one. And then tomorrow, episode two comes out. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Co-op the Podcast. So that brings us to our newest segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a new segment where we talk about the movies that we watched this week, uh, whether it be on Netflix, on a DVD, or DVD, we don't buy those anymore, 4K. I do. Yeah, you do. Because uh, <laughs> I'm cheap, and if it's a dollar, I'm buying it on the DVD version. <laughs> right. Uh, whether we watched it on yeah. movie or theater or Netflix, uh, but we want to make some recommendations for you guys. Uh, this week, we're going to actually talk about two movies that we saw. Uh, we saw a bunch of movies this week, but uh, we were going to talk about two in particular. One in theaters and then one on Netflix. Yeah. So let's start Both the timer. Both new. Both are new. Both are new. Uh, so I'm going to start the timer. First movie we're going to talk about is Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. We saw this in theaters. Uh, we were in between this and The Green Book, but we were just really, really curious about Mary Poppins Returns. because yeah, everyone's been like raving about it. Yeah, so... Uh, without any major spoilers, overall thoughts, what did you think? I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I said to you when we left that if it was a remake, mm-hmm. it would have been great. Wait, you... Or no, what did I say? Yeah, I don't know, because a remake would have been horrible. No, I mean, like... See, the problem with... No, I think that's what I, I that's what I meant, is that if it was a remake, it would have been a good movie, or if it was a standalone movie, mm-hmm. it would have been good. Yeah. Are you, are you talking about a reboot? No, Because, well, the, the problem with a remake is that, like, the original Mary Poppins, it was just so magical because of all practical effects back in the day, and that's what made it so special. But what I didn't like about this movie, it's a sequel, right? But I feel like it harped too much on... CGI and it felt less well I wouldn't say CGI they still gave that cartoony yeah but it was a lot it was of just very bright yeah cartoons yeah that, that's the thing it wasn't CGI but it was very they they use a lot of the magic with computer generated images yeah. like and that's the thing did he just go behind the couch probably he does that all the time yeah true um but the thing the thing is that like the reason I don't quite fault them for that mm-hmm. because no, I don't the, either, but because the reason that the original Mary Poppins wasn't so poppy and bright and yeah. computer generated was because they didn't have that technology available to yeah. them. You know what I mean? So like that fuzziness, that paleness of their animations in the original Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? The dog is pulling the mat out and chew Hey, hey, no. Anyways. So, <laughs> but the reason that it was fuzzier and paler was because that's how all cartoons looked back then. They were all a little paler, darker. They weren't as bright and poppy. I'm just talking about the effects, like Mary Poppins taking things out of her purse, like uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, they, was... they like did it like, like, yep, we're doing it again. Exactly, or like coming down on her umbrella, like the original, the magic behind that, and, and talking about 
uh, cinematography mm-hmm. and uh, effects back in that day. Same thing why Star Wars was so magical because those kind of things that Star Wars did didn't exist at that time. Yeah. So you enjoyed it. Um, it. Like, what specifically did you enjoy? Well, I, I didn't. And you never let me finish. I know. That's why I'm letting you finish. But, I, no, I was going to say, I... I'm allowing you. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I also didn't at the same time. Yeah. Like it, like I said, if it was a standalone movie, yeah. it would have been it would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. But because it, they made it a second Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. If you want to make a second Mary Poppins, go ahead. Yeah, it's a sequel, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a book series, so <laughs> for mm-hmm. all we know, that's the second book. Mm-hmm. But the problem I, did, I had was that even though, yes, I am perfectly fine with Emily Blunt making her own Mary Poppins, that's fine. You're an actress. You can't just be another Julie Andrews. That's yeah. not how life works. And I, wouldn't, I don't think anyone would want another Julie Andrews, but we do want the same Mary Poppins. If you are playing the exact same Mary Poppins... Mm-hmm. There should be elements that are the same, and that kind of faults to the director who allowed her to do certain things. Where it was like Mary Poppins wouldn't do that, yeah, she or she wouldn't phrase she would say, but she wouldn't phrase it that way. Like the way she emphasized words, yeah, was kind of like off putting to me. Yeah, the the original Mary Poppins was very proper, Mm -hmm. whereas Emily Blunt was very blunt, yeah, she she was very she. She was still proper, like she still made people keep their manners, but sometimes her manners lacked. Yeah. And like I said, I do understand that the situations were different. Like the kids needed different things. Like in the first one, they needed that strictness. Mm -hmm. And this one, they don't seem to need that as much. Yeah. It's still like, but that's still her personality where it's like, even when the kids do get out of line, it was not. You know, like yeah, exactly. She she wasn't acting the way Mary Poppins would have acted. Yeah, I agree with you. It was um, it was good. Mm -hmm. It was fine. Like I I don't fault it, but I I don't know. Like I don't think it was like the masterpiece that people are putting it out to be. It it was it was a good movie. It was good. Yeah, but it wasn't the original. Yeah, and I I they missed that magic. I told you when we left the theater. I said. I wouldn't own it right now. Like, when it goes out on DVD, we're not going to go rush to get it. When we have kids, though, I'll get it. Yeah. Like, it's not something I feel the need to have now, but I would be willing to watch it <laughs> a thousand times with our three-year-old. Yeah. Now, speaking on that, though, the uh, the animation was fantastic. It was definitely, yeah. like, music old school. music was great. I really liked it. Oh, the music, music was awesome. Yeah, like, the people, music was really good. People complaining about the music are like, oh, it doesn't match the original. And it's like... I, that's kind of hard to say, yeah. You know, but I thought the the music was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think the acting was great. Yeah, acting was wonderful. Everything was wonderful. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's, it's just the fact that they, I feel like they depended a lot on the nostalgia. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely sequel quality. It's def it's definitely a sequel movie. Yes. You know, it, it's it's everything that you would. It's a sequel think. that was made many, many, many years after a sequel should have been made. Yeah. So, like, put that in your expectations. It's definitely a sequel movie, yeah. if that makes any sense. But, uh, but yeah, I I would I would recommend it. Yeah. For people to see it, it's oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely a good date uh, date night movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I, I would recommend it yeah. honestly. Uh, the second movie we're going to talk about though is a Netflix film yes. that we were also curious about. It's called Dumplin'. It's on yeah. Netflix, and it had it has Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, which is what intrigued us. Yeah, we love it, Jennifer Aniston. But the the thing is, um, it was weird because she was playing a a Southern mom, but she was all up a in Southern the Southern pageant mom. Southern pageant mom. But uh, how would you describe the movie as? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's a pageant finding it's it's a self self accept like um acceptance movie yeah it's something that it's about finding yourself and Mm -hmm. just kind of figuring out how you feel about yourself yeah basic premise of the movie is that jennifer aniston's character is a southern pageant mom and she's like she's still living in the past when she won her pageants but her daughter is uh overweight uh, and she's like one of those characters that like, I don't care what people think about me. And and pageant girls are stupid. Yeah, they're like, they're vapid and all this junk. But then the daughter, Dumpling, right? 
Well, the um, daughter's name is Willa Dean. Willa Dean, right? Which the name didn't come up that like that yeah. was my problem. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, that name didn't really matter to the movie at all. Dumplin. Yeah. Uh, other than like. Other than the fact that she hated the nickname that her mom used like a whole three times in the movie. Yeah. It didn't really matter. Yeah, like there might be minor spoilers with this, but uh, my problem with the movie is that like I really didn't understand Willa Dean's motive. So, yeah, so we like I understood sure we were supposed to like her. Yeah, I understood what her motive was, but like as she's so dumpling Willa Dean, right? Yeah. To uh make a protest against her mom, saying that like, well, you know, big girls can win pageants too. She enters herself into the pageant. Now her original idea was big girls can win pageants too, but then as she progresses into the pageant, she's starting to prot- I don't think that was her thing. It was and that that's the thing, big girls can enter because her, uh, we're just gonna do spoilers because there's no way of explaining this movie and with. why we don't like it without sp- giving spoilers. Yeah, so I, we're gonna have spoilers. And I wouldn't really recommend. This yeah, movie we're either. not recommending it, so we're just gonna tell you what it's about so that you don't have to go watch it. Yeah. So her aunt, her aunt practically raised her because her mom was always doing pageant stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, her aunt raised her, and her aunt was overweight, and they loved Dolly, which was something that didn't need to be in the movie at all. Yeah. Um, but they loved Dolly Parton. So she idolized her aunt, and when her aunt died, she was going through all of her aunt's things, and she found a form mm-hmm. for to do the same blue be- blue bonnet pageant that her mom had won two years prior. Right. So her she saw that her aunt, when she was younger, mm-hmm. was going to apply to this pageant and didn't. So Wildeen's like, you know what? To honor my aunt, I'm going to enter. I'm going to be the big girl that enters because her aunt clearly didn't enter. Because she felt self-conscious. Yeah, and you would think that she wanted to win yeah, for her aunt. but she did not want to win. She just wanted to prove that she could be in it. Yeah. And then... And then, then, like, then she starts to protest by not participating in any of the activities. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, Willadine, like, I, I don't understand her character. That's, yeah. that's the problem, is yeah. that, like, if you're trying to win... For your aunts, right? And you loved your aunt so much. Wouldn't you want to win? But then she starts to like do these things like, well, pageants are stupid. And the other thing about this movie is that it goes off the huge stereotype that everybody who enters pageants is vapid, has no personality. Which, no, I would like to point out that all those girls were very supportive of Willa Dean and her friends that yeah. whole time. They were extremely nice. So they didn't even play on that. She acted like they were vapid and stupid. Mm-hmm. But the way they actually had those actor, the, yeah. those actresses act was they were very supportive of everyone around them. They were very nice girls. And they didn't they didn't make them seem stupid. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, they kind of made them stupid, though. Like In the beginning. In yeah. the beginning. And then they flopped to... I wouldn't say flopped, but then, I don't know. There's just things about the movies that, like, the roles didn't stand by yeah. what they wanted to be. And then this, the other two friends that were entering the pageant with her, like, I, I didn't understand really anybody's motive in this no. movie. It, it was, I don't, I don't want to say it was confusing, because it's definitely not confusing. It's just that you, you watch this and you're conflicted. Because yeah. you're, you're trying to... The people you're supposed to like, you're like... What are you doing? Exactly. Like, <coughs> what exactly are you trying to do here? Yeah. So it w- it was just like a movie where we were curious because, and obviously you can tell it the writer, like, well, I need a big name here, Jennifer Aniston. And that's what really caught us. Like, we didn't, we weren't really interested in the story. Jennifer Aniston didn't really have a, b- a big role. She didn't really, no. Like, she was in it, but, and it was... Her character was weird for Jennifer Aniston's standards. Like, I mean, she played very well. She did. She, she did. Good, she did a good job. I mean, and I had no problem with that. It was just that she just didn't have as big of a role as they made it sound. Honestly, the movie wasn't... I didn't read the description mm-hmm. before we watched it. It doesn't matter because Netflix gives terrible descriptions of every True movie. That. But I had no idea what this movie was about. But from the trailers, I was mm-hmm. like, that's not what I expected. Yeah, it was... Um I, I wouldn't recommend this movie, no. honestly. I mean, if, if you have a Netflix s- subscription and if you really love Jennifer Aniston, go for it. But at the same time, it's kind of like the, the plot was confusing. The motives of the characters were flip-floppy at best. Um, and the love interest was just kind of like, what are you doing? I don't understand. Like, I don't know. It was it was, def- it was just uh, It was just a movie that... You kind of put on because you're curious, but if you're curious about it, we're here to tell you, like, 
don't worry about it. Don't it's, worry about it. Unless we've sparked your interest to just see how bad it was. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say it's like it terrible. It was, it, it was interesting. I don't, I don't feel like we wasted our time because we've watched movies where we're like, yeah, that was a waste of time. And I like shut it off. I was just like, yeah. no. But that one, it wasn't a waste of time. It was more of just like, that doesn't need to be watched again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll also say very quickly because we have two minutes left. We tried playing Bandersnatch. I'm going to play it again because I know there has to be a good ending. I'll just say it with that, and then I'll just end it with that. We did watch Bandersnatch, uh, that interactive movie on Netflix, but we just don't want to talk about it because I feel like there's much more to it. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. I'm going to so. go crazy. I oh, know. Oh, that's why. <gasps> okay, so... He, told, he tells you in the movie. No, like... Where you go insane because you're trying to make it... Okay, so I'm not going to say any more about it. Go play, watch... I'll explain it to you later. Yeah, go play, watch Bandersnatch. It's it's pretty good. Um, but the other two movies, Mary Poppins Returns, we recommend a good... Yeah. Like, it, it's a good date night movie, but it's not like run out to the theaters and go see this movie. Yeah. Not like Spider-Man Into the, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which won the Golden Globe Award for Best Animated Movie of the Year, by the way. Spider-Man awesome. Into the Spider-Verse is absolutely my favorite movie. I should have recorded the Golden Globe. You probably should have, yeah. So go out to see Spider-Verse. Uh, go out to see Mary Poppins, you know, if you have the time. And then yeah. probably not Dumplin'. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend Dumplin'. Uh, so I think that can bring us cleanly into the top three gaming news. Wow. All right. So we are in the top three gaming news. There's a lot. There's a lot that happened this week, honestly. And uh, we're not going to get to absolutely everything that happened this week. But we want to talk about our top three that got our attention. So uh, very first thing we're going to talk about, of course, is a Bethesda news update. Right. Because we all love Bethesda here. Uh, so this is kind of related to Fallout 76 with everything that they've done with the flops that they have created and the PR blunders that they've created, right? Um, Michael Pachter, who is a well-respected game industry analyst, uh, put out his 29th predict, uh, 2019 predictions. Um, I very much disagree with this man. <laughs> very, very much. And so does everybody else. Uh, so game industry analyst Michael Pachter predicts that the Elder Scrolls 6 will release in 2019. What are you talking about, Michael? So this is coming from a GameIndustry.biz um, interview with Pactor and many other Game Industry analysts, and he then ex uh, he expects, quote-unquote, accelerated development of Elder Scrolls 6, and he says this is because of the Fallout 76 flop, and a hit is, quote-unquote, essential for Bethesda at this point. He also notes in his prediction that he also made this in this prediction that mm -hmm. ES6 is coming out in 2016, 2017, and he also predicted it last year. And then he he then says like, well, I mean, they teased it this year, so it was kind of right. Like, no, you were not right, Michael. Stop it. But here's the thing. Elder Scrolls 6 is not coming out until at the least 2021. Mm -hmm. At the very like that's being that's being happy right there, uh, twenty twenty one. He's also forgetting that Starfield is coming out before Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. So he's dead on wrong. Yeah, I understand his idea behind why, mm -hmm. but like you said, he also predicted this. Two, three years, like three years, 16, 17, 18. 18. So I'm going to say that he's just like continuing going on. But at and least this time he has some reason to back it up that they're just kind of yeah. like trying to fix everything that wouldn't fix anything, though. And I hope they know that. And then wouldn't fix anything like that. That's that would just make everything worse. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, let's take for granted. Let's say Michael Pachter is correct here. He's not. Uh, just want to say that he's not right. That was not. That was not needed at all. I'm very passionate about this, but 
he's definitely not right, but let's say he is, okay? Let's say the accelerated development goes into Elder Scrolls 6. Elder Scrolls 6 is not ready to be put out. Let's say, you know, it's kind of like in the same state as, oh, what's a recent Bethesda game that was not ready to release? Oh, Fallout 76. <laughs> Why did people not like it? Because it was not ready for release. It's still not ready. It's still not ready. <laughs> it's, All the patches and it's still not there. It, it sometimes broke itself with the patches. And that's the thing. If they accelerate development of Elder Scrolls... You guys can see this, but he's putting quotes up. Quote, quote. If he accelerates the f development of Elder Scrolls 6, right, that's going to make the situation even worse, right? It, it, like, you're going to have a busted game with Fallout 76. Mm -hmm. Let's say he's right. We're going to have a busted Elder Scrolls 6, a game we've been waiting for. What's today? Uh, 2018 was the last. So we've been waiting seven plus years for this game, Elder Scrolls 6. Uh, this November will be eight years. Yeah eight years we've been waiting for this game for a long time if they put out a broken product goodbye bethesda hello yeah. obsidian yeah. like that that's how it's going to be yeah. happening but i just want to assure all of our listeners if you do see this going around like oh it's coming out in 2019 don't believe it it's not coming out till the very least 2021 yeah i predict that they'll probably release starfield this year Mm -hmm. They're going to really Starfield this. If if anything, they're trying to revamp themselves. They're going to accelerate development for Starfield. Mm -hmm. They've already said in interviews, Todd Howard's already said in interviews that Starfield is uh, fully playable in-house. Yeah. Like it's, it's ready to go. Yeah, it's ready to go. It's fully playable. They have until fall to put on final touches, right? If anything, they're probably going to release Starfield this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting my hopes up for that, but Starfield will most likely be released, uh, I would say, November of this year. Yeah. Uh, alongside, oh, man, it's going to be on alongside um, another sci-fi, The Outer Worlds. So that's going to yeah. be cool. But I'm probably going to play Starfield, like, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I've been looking. How long have I been waiting for Starfield? Years. Oh, I don't know. Like, I've been waiting for Starfield since before we were married. Like, honestly, yeah. like, my goodness, like, we were, we were at engagement parties, and I was, like, looking up Starfield rumors, I was like, <laughs> Starfield, it's coming, Starfield is coming this year, but 2019, I think it's going to be finally the time. That brings us to our number two, uh, gaming news, Activision! <laughs> so, um, hmm, in Black Ops 4, uh, I'm sure you've all re uh, read this before, but in Black Ops 4... In the black market, which is its uh, microtransaction center, they're trying to sell players. You ready for this? They're trying to sell players a tiny red circle for a dollar. To shoot with. A to like put in your reticle. Yeah, so that you can aim. So that you can aim. A dollar. A do I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Activision! <laughs> That's so petty. It is. It's so petty. Yeah, that's something that could just be a little patch. Like, that's hardly any work. Yeah, like, you can see the dot online. It took no more than an hour. An hour's being generous. Yeah. With the creation of this circle dot. And I showed my friend Clay this. Shout out to Clay. Uh, where's your YouTube channel, by the way? Uh, Clay's bidets for days. But anyways, so... I, I told him about this, and he's a big Black Ops 4 player. And uh, he's, like, saying, well, no, I already have a red dot in my reticles. Like, it, it was already given. And I said, no, no, no. Look at this. They're selling this for a dollar. And he said, so it's less of a dot for a dollar? I was like, yeah. So they give you a dot, and then they give you less of a dot. It's a tiny red circle, and they're trying to sell it to you for a dollar. So it's a circle to go around the already aiming dot? No, 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 no. It's its its own reticle. Oh, okay. But, like, it's just so petty. It's not infuriating. It's just like Activision, you're billions and billions of dollars worth. And you're trying to sell your players. And at the time, in the holidays... Oh, they put it on sale for 50 cents. Whoa, good for you. My goodness. And that's the thing. 
the here's 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 what gets me going though. NBA 2K19. I just got that, and in the previous game, 2K18, right? 2K18. They charged you for haircuts if you want to customize your players haircuts they charged you microtransactions for that 2k19 the newest one you go into the barber shop and they actually crack a joke like saying like hey man the old manager they were charging cuts for nba players but me i won't charge you so let's get this done so they cracked a joke like i'm sorry that we charged you but now we're gonna give it to you for yeah. free nba 2k19 fixed haircuts yeah microtransactions but Activision is out here charging their players a dollar for a circle. But you know the big problem is that there are crazy people out there who are paying for it. Yeah, because like they're gonna say like, oh, it's only a dollar. It's just a dot. Then the like, effect is that they think they need it. Yeah. But that and that's the thing. Like, I'm sorry, I'm popping so much. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the problem is that they they Activision thinks they can do this. Yeah. Because there are people who are going to buy it. They're going to be like, oh, look, it's fine because, I mean, our players are buying it. Yeah, it's the yeah. crazy people who play this game so seriously that they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I need it. It's just so dumb. Like, this whole microtransaction era that we live in, I can't. I can't. I can't even. Yeah. Like, like that's the thing. I, I'm starting to, like, even... Um, customization microtransactions less and less every single year. I used to not be against cosmetic mm -hmm. microtransactions, but now, like, it's just getting overload. It is. That I'm just like, okay, everybody just needs to stop. I understand microtransactions are a necessary thing to fund a game, yeah. much like Fortnite. Fortnite is free to play, but mm -hmm. how they get their funding yeah. is from their battle passes. I honestly don't care about Fortnite's uh, microtransaction because yeah. it's free yeah it's these petty ones yeah. right where they're selling you a circle for a dollar that is just yeah. like dude stop like it, it's just it's just kind of like petty yeah you know in a place like activision not like an indie game but this yeah. is this is activision we're talking about mm -hmm. i won't say anything more about this but it's just it's just absolutely annoying that they'll charge you 50 cents <laughs> for a circle so the, so the last gaming news that we have, and this is going to transition into our gaming topic, which is our exclusives important for gaming. But Ian Bell, CEO of Slightly Mad Studios, which are the makers of Project Cars and Project yeah. Cars 2, uh, they announced their new console called the Mad Box. The Mad Box. <laughs> what? Like, what What kind of name is that? Like, like I don't see a problem with the name. It just sounds very early 2000s. It does. And also, it's if you're going to be competing against PlayStation and Xbox, right? Yeah. Now, the reason why Xbox, the name, it makes sense is because when they first designed the, when they first designed the Xbox, they're using Microsoft's DirectX uh, programming yeah. into it. So they called it the Direct Xbox, the Xbox, right? Yeah. It makes sense. And I understand that the Mad Box makes sense because, you know, slightly mad, mad Studios. Studios. But you're you're not differentiating yourself from the markets, right? PlayStation and Xbox, it's clear differences. Yeah. This was the problem with the Wii and the Wii U. I remember working in GameStop when the Wii U came out and parents were asking me all the time, it's like, wait, so is the Wii U the same as the Wii? It's like, no, 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 it's a completely new system. But people couldn't yeah. differentiate between the Wii and the Wii U. Yeah. It's not as bad, but if you're going to differentiate differentiate yourself from the Xbox and the Madbox, it's just, it's too yeah. close a name. You it know, shouldn't even be like the Mad Gamer or something. That would have been, it's a stupid name, but it's, it's at least differentiating. Yeah. The Mad Gamer. You know, the Mad Game. Mad Game. Madden. I don't know. But it's something to dif differentiate yourself. Yeah. Now, the the crazy part about this is that uh, he Ian Bell went to Variety, right? He, he went to Variety and started to talk about the specs and how he's saying that this is going to come out three years from now. 
which if the next console generation is coming out in 2020, right, mm -hmm. three years from now, it's going to be at least a year or two after the next consoles come out. So you're already behind the game there. But he also says that this will pack in the same power as a powerful PC two years from now. So that he's future-proofing this, which is awesome. But talking about differentiating yourself from uh, Xbox and PlayStation, if you're trying to compete in the market, because let's, let's get this straight here, this is a new console. Mm -hmm. If he's trying to get into the same household names as PlayStation and Xbox yeah. and Nintendo, right? Uh, he then goes on to say how he feels about exclusive titles, right? So I want to read this quote, and I feel like we can talk about it from there. So this is a, kind of a longer quote, but let's read this. This is coming from his interview for Variety Magazine. They start to ask him, uh, what about exclusive titles for the Madbox? <clears throat> CEO Ian Bell says this. We think exclusives are exclusionary. No duh exclusionary but given that we'll be shipping a cross-platform engine to all developers it will be their choice to make it you know only exclusive so mm -hmm. right there he's saying like we're not against being exclusive but he's saying like we're not going to also incentivize developers yeah. bell wrote as of now we have no plans here we go we have no plans to pay developers incentives to exclude other hardware vendors Exclusionary practices aren't really in line with the thinking of Slightly Mad Studios based on what Bell told us. And that makes sense because Project Cars is all platforms. Yeah. So uh, he finally says, uh, we think the industry is a little too much of a monopoly or a micro oligopoly. Bell explained, we think competition is healthy. Now, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We think competition is healthy. And we have required hardware contacts that will be able to bring something epic to fruition based on our designs. The studio is looking at shipping the console beyond the UK. And Bell hinted at some intriguing possibilities. Uh, it will be a worldwide console. So what he's saying there, what Ian Bell is saying, is that he they have no plans to incentivize. Um, when when exclusions come or exclusives come to a console, it's because Sony or Microsoft uh, paid developers to make it exclusive. Yeah. So when Insomniac was making Spider-Man, Sony paid Insomniac yeah. for those rights to make it exclusive for the PlayStation. Yeah. But what Ian Bell is saying is that when the Madbox comes out, we're not going to pay developers yeah. if they want to make it exclusive for the Madbox. That's up to them. Yeah. But you're not going to get that. If it's their choice, they're going to put it on every platform yeah. that they can. More money. For more money, right? So I think the Madbox can be a good idea. Uh, I even tweeted at him like, listen, I think this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. I like that there's a fresh market out there. Yeah. But you need to differentiate itself from the market. Yeah. If you really want to make an impact and get into households, especially when consoles are dying at this point. Yeah. You need to really push mm -hmm. exclusives. So let's get into this. Every single week, we take a gaming topic and we discuss it more than argue it. We are, we're not debaters, but we like to discuss different gaming topics. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our exclusives important for gaming, right? Mm-hmm. So, Liz, let's get your take first. What do you think about exclusives like God of War or Breath of the Wild on Nintendo or, you know, Xbox exclusives like Halo and Gears of War and Forza, top-of-the-line games? Anyway. <laughs> um, I think exclusives are good for the, con for like the companies. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they they really think about the gamer, the gaming community when they make exclusives. Because, yeah. like, clearly you're doing it for the money so that people buy your system, which I understand. I mean, you got to, you know, that's the whole point of your job. Welcome but, to ec economics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there you. But whoever is agreeing to them mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I just feel like they aren't thinking about the gaming community because gamers aren't known to have tons of money. Yeah, like not a lot of um, they're not made of money. Yeah. Where you can have multiple systems and mm-hmm. play all the games. And I just feel like like everyone knows that most gamers have a preferred system to play on. Yeah. And you're trying to force them out of their comfort zone of what they want to, p- what they like to play on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like, cause that's the whole only reason we got a PlayStation. Like we had to spend our money to get a PlayStation so that I could have games that I like. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't have to. We wanted to. But that, no. Yeah. But, but I, we had to. Yeah. We had to because otherwise I wouldn't get to play the games that I'd enjoy. Yeah, like you know, Until like, Dawn and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly because they are PlayStation exclusive. I wouldn't have gotten into video games really mm-hmm. as much as I have. Like we we're just playing. I'm just now playing The Last of Us. Forgive me. Like I said, I just got a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm playing The Last of Us, and I'm really bad at games that involve combat. But you're getting better. I am, and that's the thing. Like I'm getting a lot better playing this, but I wouldn't have even tried if we never got the PlayStation. Yeah. Like So, be- well, it had we never, had I never been able to play this game, we had to buy a whole new system mm-hmm. for me to play it. And that's why I'm kind of against exclusives just because it's forcing people to spend money that yeah, they might not that they might otherwise not have to spend if you would just put it on a plot a console that they already have, especially for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, a mom go tell a mom who just bought her child the uh, the newest Xbox, mm-hmm. and then tell her that the game that her child wants is on a different system, and she has to go out and buy the other system. Yeah. Talking as a former GameStop employee, I had to deal with that a lot. I once had to tell, um, I only heard about this on Reddit, but when I experienced it, I had to tell a mother that, no, Mario is not on the Xbox. It will never be on the Xbox, ever, ever, ever. And she's like, are you calling my kid a liar? I was like, wow. Yes. They actually exist. It's like it's like that Eminem's commercial with Santa Claus. Like, he does exist. Yeah, it's like... Yes, your 10-year-old is mistaken. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mario's not <laughs> on the Xbox. And that's what I, I feel like a parent or anyone should be, should be able to mm-hmm. go out, buy whatever system, and whatever games. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I think I, in an ideal world, we'd be able to play any game on any On any console. different platform, yeah. It should be based on who, the person's personal preference of platform. Yeah. It shouldn't matter... Oh well, I need this platform to play these games, and I need this one to play these games, and then I need them. like people yeah. can't like. I'm even overwhelmed with having two systems and having to find entertainment systems to hold them and everything that goes with them. Yeah, like having to do that is just insane. These people like they just don't make entertainment systems like that. No, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing with the Madbox coming out. It's just kind of like, bro, like. Not only are you asking people to have, and now thank, thankfully the Switch, you know, doesn't take up that much space. In fact, yeah, <coughs> it's handheld. It's also a home console, but it's handheld. Mm-hmm. But having an Xbox, a PlayStation, and a Madbox, like it, it's just getting a little overwhelming. Yeah. Now, I am also, <coughs> as a gamer, I am against exclusives because you're telling people that this is a really awesome game. And it sucks to suck if you don't have this system. Yeah. You know, like the past two game of the years, according to, you know, the game awards have been exclusives. Right. Mm -hmm. So this year was God of War. Fantastic. And the previous year was Breath of the Wild. I did not play Breath of the Wild because uh, here we go. I don't have a switch. Like, yeah, I didn't. uh, So I didn't play Breath of the Wild. And that's the thing. You can only play it on a switch. Mm -hmm. Um. Now, you know, my birthday just passed, so if one of our listeners wants to be so gracious as to... What? <laughs> but, so, and uh, the previous two years uh, was Overwatch, and mm-hmm. then the previous year before that was Witcher 3. Those mm-hmm. were multi-platform. Um, but these two are exclusives, and, you know, amazing titles. Sucks to suck. You can't play it, you know, yeah. unless you have a PlayStation 4 and a Nintendo Switch. And then you're like, oh, Adam, but what about Xbox titles? <laughs> Anyways. Talk talk to me in 2019. 
Anyways, but yeah, like any Xbox exclusive is going to, oh yeah, Gears of War 5 is going to win Game of the Year. Okay, let's go, Michael Pactor. But so as a gamer, I am against exclusives. As a businessman, I understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely understand exclusives on the business side. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think Ian Bell, who is a businessman, mm -hmm. seems to be forgetting here. If you really want people to buy your system, because here's the thing. You wanted a PlayStation. The only reason you want to buy your PlayStation is exclusive games. Yeah. They cannot play on the Xbox or PC yeah. most of the time. Um, you know, besides Sinua's Sacrifice. But, which was also on PC and not on Xbox. But here's the thing. You want to buy these systems for the exclusives. Now, I, I remember uh, in GameStop, people asked me, like, oh, what's the best system? Uh, and at the time, it was Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Wii U. And I was like, okay, let's take Wii off, off, the, off the topic yeah. unless you want to play Splatoon. But they're like, oh, which is the better system? Which one's more powerful? Which one has the best graphics? And I told them, like, okay, semantics, right? They're essentially the same. I know the PlayStation yeah. 4 w was more powerful than the base Xbox One. Semantics being, they're practically the same. Yeah. And I told them that, like, listen, doesn't have to do with power. I think the Xbox One is quieter than the play PlayStation 4. But here's the thing. You need to look at all the exclusives on each system. Which, which one do you like more? Yeah. Which games do you like more by that system? Yeah. With Xbox... It really lacked in exclusives, and that's why the sales dropped. But PlayStation 4 had a number of exclusives. Just mm -hmm. listing recent ones, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Spider-Man, God of War, uh, soon coming up uh, is Last of Us 2, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and uh, Death Stranding. Yeah. It's really coming out with exclusives. That's why people are buying the PlayStation mm -hmm. 4. This is coming from a businessman's perspective here. Now... If he's trying to compete, Ian Bell, if he's trying to compete, why do people buy systems? It's because of the exclusives. If you don't have any exclusives, you're going to go the way of Microsoft. You're going to go the way of Xbox. You're going to make sales, but you're not going to compete. Mm -hmm. Like PlayStation won by a landslide, right? It won by a landslide. And look at Nintendo. Nintendo's, um, Nintendo's sales numbers are through the roof. Yeah. Because of what? Let's say it together now. Exclusives. You're not going to play Breath of the Wild. You're not going to play Mario Odyssey. You're not going to play Mario Kart. You're not going to play Yoshi's Island. What was the... Yarny? Whatever. Um, Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Freeze. You're not going to play any of those games on any other system. Not even on PC. Yeah. You're going to be playing on the Switch. That's why the sales numbers are rocketing through the roof. Yeah. That's the thing I think Ian Bell is missing here, is that he, if he says, well, it's their, it's their decision to make it exclusive. Okay, so let's put it in podcasting perspectives, right? We have our podcast on so many different platforms. We have it on Stitcher. We have it on iHeartRadio. We have it on Anchor. Mm -hmm. We have it on Spotify. If Anchor, we, we're uh, hosting through Anchor, but if Anchor says to us, like, well, you know, now, they, they don't say anything like this to us, but if Anchor were to say, you're like, oh, well, it's up to you to decide if you want to exclusively put it on Anchor, you know, but we're not going to incentivize you. If they're not incentivizing me to only put it on Anchor, guess what? I'm going to put as many platforms as possible mm -hmm. to reach as many people as possible. Yeah. I think right now he's thinking like a gamer because he's yeah. a game developer. So mm -hmm. in his mindset, he just wants to make people happy mm -hmm. that's his whole job is to make games that make people happy yeah where i feel like maybe farther on down the line he's going to change that ideal he'll yeah. realize because he says they don't have plans right now yeah right now right now, right now. And it seems like they're just in the beginning stages they they've all decided that they want to do this it's more of now they're trying to execute it so i feel like there's in such the early stages that I feel like in their minds, ideally, they wouldn't do any exclusives. Mm -hmm. But if they're smart, they would at least make their games exclusive mm -hmm. to their system, yeah. which would make sense in my opinion. But It would. Like, if they're going to make this super powerful, right? Now, that's great for multi-platforming. Mm -hmm. You know, like 
or but, this or this new system has to be so amazing that we have to buy it. Yeah, like if any multi-platform game comes out, I want to play it on my One X. Yeah. You know, because it's so powerful. Like the, the 4K is phenomenal. Now, I understand PC gaming. I do have a 4K um, laptop and I have a 4K screen, but let's talk about that later. But like, that's the thing. Like I do play games on the PC, but in terms of consoles, right? You want to play it on the Xbox One X because it has the best graphics. It has the more powerful um, hard drive. It, it's so quick. It's so fast. Like I, lo I love it. So if any multi-platform comes out, it's going to be on the Xbox One X. So yeah, you can argue that like if he makes it so powerful, right, that it goes beyond any other system, right? The way he's you know, the way he's describing it, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can get the multi-platform market, but you're not going to get the overall market, right? Yeah. You want to get people to buy your system, right? You want to get people to buy your system. You have to excite them with, you know, only exclusive titles. But here's the problem is that they, they could be new IPs, but he really has to go after already established IPs. Mm -hmm. Much like with Sony with Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't think he has that Marvel money at all. No. <laughs> but like if he made Project Cars 3 exclusive to yeah. the Madbox. Start with just your own that mm -hmm. your own company's already making. Make those exclusive to your system. Yeah. So that people have a little bit more of incentive to buy it because I think even if it is an amazing system, mm -hmm. like something that is gonna trump over the new the PlayStation Five and whatever the next Xbox mm -hmm. is gonna be, something that even if it's bigger than that, people are still gonna be like, yeah, but I can play your games on anything. So exactly. Yeah. Like, why spend the money on the on something box. that I know nothing about mm -hmm. when I have the Xbox that I know I've grown up with and I know that their next generation is gonna be perfect. Yeah. So they need something to make people want to try it. You know. Like, what really boosted the sales with the Xbox when it first came out was Halo. Mm -hmm. Like, Halo really stomped the market. Yeah. And then 360 came out, and then Gears of War came out. Um, but that's the thing, is that, like, you have to get people who are already comfortable with the consoles that they have. To leave them. Exactly. Or be willing to play games on a different system. Mm-hmm. And it, that's where exclusives come in. So, as a gamer, both of us agree that, yes, exclusives kind of suck yeah you know like it, it sucks that you have to have three different consoles to play mm -hmm. all the games you want to play yeah and i know the argument is like what exclusives on the xbox okay fine but the one x is super powerful i love multi-platform games on the one x it's phenomenal but you have to own all three systems basically mm -hmm. and a pc you know whereas now this is on a tangent we can talk about this another time but with the future of consoles leaving, right, and we're going to streaming services, mm -hmm. I'm actually excited for that because you can stream it on any device ever. It's probably going to be a subscription service like Hulu, Netflix. It's going to be like Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. Yeah. And you can play on any device. That would be phenomenal. But that will be another discussion for another time. Yeah. But with the consoles, if you really want to make yourself a household name, I'm sorry, but exclusives are important. And if you're not going to incentivize mm -hmm. developers, yeah, that's the only reason why they would. Because mm -hmm. if you don't pay them their money, they're missing sales here. So yeah. if they only pull in a mad, mad box, they're missing their market for the Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC players. Yeah, They're missing their market there. That's why you have to incentivize them, but think about it more as compensating them. Yeah. They're missing sales. Here's some compensation for that sales numbers you're not going to hit. Yeah. But you'll make it doubly more if you make it on the Madbox. Yeah. So I think he's thinking about it as a gamer, like you said. Yeah. He's right now he's thinking of it as a gamer. Which is very noble of him. I mm -hmm. appreciate him for that. Oh, yeah. But if you want... Smart business practice would say. Yeah. You have to at least make your own games mm -hmm. exclusive. And that's the thing. Everybody doesn't want to think about these companies as a business. Guess what? 
they're our business. Yeah. Like, as much as Phil Spencer like says, like, oh, we love the gamers. We want to be here for you. They can love you and want to be there for you, but they have to do it in a way that they're not going to be put out of business. Exactly. Like, Phil Spencer, yeah, sure, he's probably a good gamer. Sure, he's probably, he probably loves his customers. Mm-hmm. But, the, but at the end of the day, he's a businessman. He's got to make money off of you. Yeah. And, and that's the problem is that he's saying these kind of things. Like, we're here for the gamers. To get gamers trust, to get consumer trust mm-hmm. so that he can grow as a business. Yeah. Slightly Mad Studios. I like Project Cars, but when you come to your console with the Mad Box, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to make business decisions here, yeah. not friendly gamer yeah. decisions. It's unfortunate that they have to think about that, but guess mm-hmm. what? Welcome to economics. Yeah. Right? In the same way, when I worked at GameStop and people were trading in games, right? Now, I will say before I say this, yes, the trading values are atrocious. Go to your mom and pop stores, though the trading values are much better. Yeah. But I remember when <coughs> people would trade in their games and it would be less than what they paid for, right? That's and usually how it works. Yeah. They they would say, like, wait, you're giving me back five dollars, but you're selling it for twenty-five dollars? How is that fair? I'm like, economics yeah, like that's how people make money yeah it's a business dog we're not gamestop is not your friend yeah. like i'm your friend as a person even as an employee i like you but guess what gamestop's a business they have yeah. to keep the lights on yeah which they're not gonna keep their lights on for much longer <laughs> but that's the thing is that like when they traded in and they saw the difference between what we're giving them and mm-hmm. what they're selling it for <clears throat> say it again now economics business decisions ian bell you gotta make some business decisions here you want to grow your market you gotta make some business decisions Mm -hmm. be there for the people be know about it don't be stingy yeah like there's some business out there that you they obviously don't care about their customers at all but at the same time you got to feed your family yeah you know and that's the thing. Like all in the, in the end, it's a business. Yeah. You know. And yeah, I respect Phil Spencer. I, I respect uh, Sean Layden and all. Yeah. Like that's the thing. At in the end, it all has to come down to, you know, protecting your employees and protecting your company. Yeah. So that your employees don't go out of business. Yeah. That. Yep. That's really it. Uh, question: Are exclusives important for gamers? No, it sucks. For gamers, we kind of hate them. But as a business, as the game industry grows, I'm sorry, but exclusives are important for the industry. Yes, they are very important for the industry. Yeah. Now, when we discuss streaming games, that that's going to be a different topic, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you want your favorite consoles to last, right? Whether it be Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, Madbox. Yeah. These exclusives have to, have to be set in place to, for that business yeah. to thrive. The only reason why PlayStation is thriving is exclusives. Yeah. That, like, that's that's the thing. We're not for them, but guess what? Like, We understand why. We understand. It's a business, right? So I think that does it for this week's episode. Yeah. So we just want to remind you again to... Uh, well, first, we actually didn't uh, say our... Uh, social media pages at all today. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, but now I'm going to say them. <laughs> ha ha! You can follow us at Gaming Groceries. Uh, we love talking with you guys. We love your comments. Um, you know, for those who want to comment, we mm-hmm. actually really enjoy talking with you guys. Yes, um, you can you can listen to this and say, like, oh, are you a business? Entertainment, yeah, is a business, but we actually do want to talk with you. The only re- the real reason why we do this podcast yeah. is because we want to connect with you. So hopefully we get big enough that we get invited out to uh, different gaming conferences. And we want to meet you guys. We, yeah. we really want to talk with you. So please follow us at Gaming Groceries. We love talking with you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, also follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word. I post memes on there. Yes, he does. I post a, a lot of memes. A good amount of memes. Yeah. yeah. I'm a meme master. So follow us on Instagram, games and groceries, all one word. And if you're listening to us on iOS, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of those, uh, please give us your honest feedback. 
so that we can get more attention from the front pages. We can get on them. We can get more attention <clears throat> from Anchor <laughs> to put us finally on the featured page. I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to bother them enough. They'll be like, God, just put him on the front page so he shuts up. Yay. Much how it, much of like how I got my job at GameStop, actually. <laughs> so, because they actually hired me so I would stop calling them. <laughs> and, you know, history's from there. So we also want to shout out Absolute Prodigy. It's his birthday today. Go get him some. <clears throat> wow. I had that phlegm there. It's the morning time. Woohoo. So uh, go go uh, stream with Absolute Prodigy. It's his birthday today. Go wish him a belated happy birthday tomorrow, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as he streams more Kingdom Hearts stuff. But Absolute Prodigy, he's now affiliate now. And finally, we also want to shout out co-op the podcast don't forget to give them a listen they're also a married couple who talks about video games comics but they also talk about anime and dozens of dragons they're talking about everything that's nerdy go give them a listen episode number one is up now episode two should be out tomorrow so go check them out yeah they're cool people so we'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode we hope to have you back here next week where we'll talk about uh probably streaming and games Probably. Yeah, like that. That's an interesting topic. So, uh, we want to invite you back to next week as we'll talk about that. We thank you for listening to this week's episode. We really do appreciate all of you. Um, by the way, you're listening to the old episodes. I understand that, but man, <laughs> those are so embarrassing. You, you just hear my intro. Uh, well, what? people who are listening through the old episodes are just now probably getting to. I know. This one. So they won't get your message until they've already listened to the old ones. True. So. But my interests are like, what is good, everybody? My name is Adam. Anyway. So we appreciate you listening to this week's episode and all of our old episodes. Go ahead and listen to them. Um, wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I do recommend it. I'm just going to end it there. Anyway. We thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope to have you back next week. We love it very much. Have a good week.